Welcome to another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want more money and less stress. The Zenpreneur Podcast is hosted by serial entrepreneur and high-performance coach Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share the insights, strategies, and habits that allow you to grow your business with peace of mind so you can enjoy more wealth and freedom. Learn how to build the mindset and habits you need to find the balance between a successful business and a thriving personal life. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome, my friends. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome to the Zenpreneur Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a dear friend uh, and mentor. His name is Eric Levine. He's a serial entrepreneur, a public speaker, a coach, a legendary fitness consultant who has played in some of the most major fitness brands uh, around the world. He's an investor. He is the founder of Planet Yoga and Bikram Yoga, which is the first large stu yoga studio anywhere. And his story goes very deep. Uh, he is a representation of entrepreneurial success in the world. And today I'm very honored to have him on the show. Eric, thank you for sharing your time with us. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mario. That's quite an intro there. I don't know if I can live up to all that, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm happy that you asked me to come on. And I hope that I can cheer up, help somebody out there with some new thought or anything that I can do to spark somebody's new imagination and put yeah. them on the road to their version of success. Yeah. I love that. And Eric, you know, you have quite a fascinating story. You did share that with me before. And for our viewers, where did this hunger for growth, for expansion, for entrepreneurial endeavors come from? Well, that's, that's a big question. Um, I'm the type of person, um, I mean, I can follow. I can follow someone or some movement that I believe in. There's no, you know, I've, I've been a disciple of, in the Himalayan masters yogic tradition. Uh, when uh, another one with the uh, biggest Buddhist temple in Thailand, in the world, Tamagaya temple. But in order for me to follow, I really have to be 100% bought in mm. to the whole thing. Uh, and so because of that, and because of that resolute, I you often do things on my own because then I know for sure, you know, what's behind it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. So I've always wanted to do things uh, that I believed in, regardless of if someone's going to come with me or even more lucky that it even hasn't been done yet. Someone says to me, well, for instance, when I went to Asia, uh, I landed in Hong Kong before the handover, it was still British, in 1995, 96, there was no fitness centers at all in Asia. The, you know, and I was told everything about, you know, the, the Asian people don't want that, the women will never work out with men, they won't sweat in front of a man all the reasons why besides the fact that the rent on my first location 
was two hundred and fifty thousand U.S. dollars a month. Wow. Okay, Twenty-five years ago, when everyone's telling you it's not going to happen, you have to put six-month deposit down and first and last, and you know. And I'm thinking, but to your Zen, to your Zen part of your program, I had learned all about manifestation, and I had learned all about acting as if and making the whole world think that I already had the most successful fitness center before I even got there. And I had already manifested it down to the smells, the feeling, the high fives, the music, mm. the, the windows, the escalators, the whole bit. So mm. I had that on me. So I knew that it hadn't been done yet. And I looked at that as an opportunity. So entrepreneurs were always looking for that edge, why I'm different, why I, my product is needed, why it's better, why I can help bet more people, yeah. all those things that go through an entrepreneur's head. And because I got into yoga and meditation and concentration when I was only 13, that's something that I do rely on not just in business, but whatever, whenever I have to make a decision, I, I try to go, you call it Zen, that's a good word. I don't even know what it's called, the magic <laughs> of the stuff we can't see, but is as real as, you know, the desk, as we all know. Yeah. So I've, I've used that as a way of having no limits, because if you know how to use the universe, there is no limits, mm. you know? The limits are man-made. They're usually made by other people telling you about a limit. And uh, I'm actually out of balance. I think I need to rebalance about reality more because I honestly don't see limits when I start something. Uh, mm -hmm. My numbers that I use in my head, if I told them to a conservative, real business person, they think that I was insane. <laughs> so, I like you said, big picture thinker. I guess that's the, that's how you would categorize it. Yeah. But to me, I just go in thinking that there is no limit on it. Yeah, and so it's yeah. it served me very well. I I love this. I think this is fascinating, and I'm curious. So when you talk about manifestation and you talk about you know feeling as if it was already true, you know, visualizing or like conceptualizing the smells that are coming and seeing the pictures is like how important would you say is cultivating an experience for your clients for your customers to create these world-class businesses that you have created numerous times it, it doesn't you know that's a great question mario it doesn't matter if you're planning on restarting yoga around the world or having someone be able to open up their potential. It's the same thing. It's mm. just on a different scale. They Maybe they're not used to it, but the techniques that are used to, as I say, to restart yoga worldwide and to take your, your, your tool company in Philadelphia and go nationwide, worldwide with that same concept, it's the same energy. You know, it's it, it it's all from the field of potential opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and we all have access to it. You have to know how to get there. Okay, there is a roadmap. There's thousands of roadmaps. And it works. 
it, 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 it's as or more important than knowing the, the, the budget, knowing the, the marketing spend, knowing you know, how much capital you need. It's as important or more. Uh, and when you're coaching, to be able to give that potentiality to your client. I've seen just recently, I have three new people that I met at our last uh, Bellwether uh, Alliance meeting that when at the end of just the first time I saw them come alive and the, the partners would tell me, I've never seen my husband like that. I've never seen my wife like that because I hit it from a totally fresh, everyone's different. I don't come in knowing anything of what I'm going to do. I honestly, I listen, I feel it, I look at them. Then I go into my own channeling and I actually think that I channel. I think you channel also. I think all good coaches we channel because it doesn't come from our intellectual side. Yeah, we know some answers and we have some formulas, but I really think that a good teacher, a good coach takes in the, whatever info they can get and then has to go into the field hmm. and channel that delicate info that is made specifically for just that moment in space time get it deliver it and you're gone you're off mm. there's no way that that's not mm -hmm. going to be the purest way of of coaching mm -hmm. or teaching if you do it from a non-emotional quiet spot because that's the only way to get to the mm -hmm. you don't get to the field really with emotion you have to have high emotion on the after effect after you've created the picture that's when your emotions have to come in. How do you feel that you just created this amazing thing? How do you feel about that? Is it wonderful? Is your heart pounding? You're feeling like you're giving? Are you on top of the mountain? That's when the emotions come in, but not before when you're looking for the channeling from the field. It's almost simultaneous, but you have to enter in the quiet. You yeah. can't enter in noise. Yeah. That's I, a, I'm getting a little weird, I know. That's a great point. That's a really good point because I think a lot of people, when it comes to manifestation, they, all they talk about is just focus on the feeling to manifest what you want. But you're saying there's a big step before that looks, yes. from what looks like many people are missing. They're like, get into this centered state, this zen-like state where it's not yeah. about positive negative is just you're in your center and with that from what i'm hearing there's a sense of quietness that comes where this intuitive voice can come up and it might be a hey get this yogi out of the jungle like you did uh and, and bring them into hong kong to show them to the world and you know most people might go oh that's a stupid idea that's crazy you know i could no i would never do that and you decided to listen you decided to listen and i'm curious what would you say is the difference between somebody like you that decides to listen and a vast majority of people that also may hear it, but they're like, nah, not right now, or that's that's stupid, or, I, you know, who am I to do that, you know? So I'm curious. Yeah, well, 
Again, another big question. Um, back to the first part of what you said. You know, and you've heard it in so many different modalities of meditation. The quiet is the entrance to the field, the quantum field. There's many ways, you know. Yes. It's through the quiet because when we're using our intellect, that's a tool in our toolbox. Mm. It's not the toolbox itself. It's a tool. There's yeah. a hammer there. A hammer doesn't work on a screw. A hammer doesn't work when you're trying to plane some wood. Yeah. And we usually go to the our intellect. We think about it. Can be great if you're a scientist and you have to figure a formula out. But the formula for Zen, the formula for entering into the quantum field is through silence. That's the door. You have to center, you have to be quiet, and then when you enter the field of unlimited potential mm. and you're quiet, you can hear it. Mm. You go in with your thoughts, pre-thoughts, which are, you know, magnifying a little bit, you know, versus that, which is unlimited potential, always been, always will be. <laughs> Let that teach you instead of your intellect and your previous experiences, which are very limited to your experience, people telling you what they think, that's not the field. The field yeah. is pure potentiality. And that's the technique to get in there. When you hear it and you understand it, you don't, you, you know, you don't question it always. Yeah. As, as you're starting, yeah, well, you're going to question it because, you know, you never felt that bubble that comes up and says, this is the answer. You know, like, who said that? <laughs> Where did that come from? That's not part of my business plan. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think that. Yeah. Um, so in, in practice, you get the balance. I'm not saying not to do your due diligence. You've got to do everything. Yeah. But just as important is being able to go into the magic, manifest it, because everything here was thought first, right? It did. You didn't have your computer out of nowhere. Right. Someone had to make it, envision it. Right. How does it work? What would it look like? What would it feel like? How could I connect? I can connect with people all over the world. I can get info all over. Someone had a dream it. And the dream is the is the precursor to the event on all planes of existence, and certainly on the physical, which we're talking on now. Mm. This is this is so good, and I'm I'm very much in alignment with you, and it makes sense that you have created so much success because, from what I understand, one of your habits for success is listen is listen to this voice and listen to this. This all-knowing, all-ever-being teacher, you know, some of us relate, we relate to it as God, spirit, universe, quantum field, you know, it doesn't really matter. And I'm wondering, what do you feel prevents the, the average entrepreneur um, from accessing that field? Well, they don't know about it. And they, mm. if they do know about it, they don't know the door. And it's not logical 
It's not logical. You tell that mm -hmm. to your grandfather, and he'll smack you across your head. Like, get to work. Go pick that that up. You right. know, you're dreaming of having this machine that's going to pick it all up for the world. Yeah. He had to pick that rock up. So that's not logical. Yeah. It's not logical. It's not. Unless you've done it enough to know that that's the way, mm -hmm. nine out of ten people would think you're 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 in a fantasy world, and yeah. it is a fantasy world. But they, but it comes, it will let it'll eventually be here, and do that which you had imagined with great detail to actually manifest on this plane. You have to dream it first. Uh, there's no question about that. I used to, I used to talk uh, at a Buddhist temple about uh, to all the monks about tricking the universe is what I used to call my talks. Hmm. Uh, this is 25 years ago, and they'd say, "What is that?" I said, "Well, after you dreamt what it is you're dreaming, what is your passion, what it is." Then you believe that it's already taken place. You mm -hmm. are that being that is that already. Yeah. First thing that happens, your self-image believes that you're that. You've done it. From that, people look at you and they actually see you as having done it. You're walking that way. You're acting that way. You're dressing that way. You're drinking that tea. Yeah. You're doing what that person should be doing yes. now you believe it now your friends believe it and it never stops and the universe now believes it so mm. the universe is going to open up that door mm. that that type of person could open and give it to you and that because i'm already here at this level so the yes. universe sees that and says okay he or she is ready for that because that's what they do yeah. And it's it's that. So now we call it manifestation and acting as if. I used to call it tricking the universe. <laughs> Same thing. And that's how doors will open way ahead of a logical look. Like, how did he meet her? How did that business come to him? How did she find that country? Because... It was in harmony with that vibration of yeah. who the universe saw and opened yes. up at that same level for them. That's why you got to check your limits, check your self-image. We all have the same things constantly. Like when things aren't going the way you think they should, most of the time it's because there's a kink in your self-image of believability and you're not acting at the level to open the door yeah. you're, there's a fear factor or a disbelief factor when you disbelieve it all starts to come down and you're going to get the vibe that you're giving is the only vibe you can receive right so if I'm receiving if I'm giving a vibe of I've conquered the yoga world that's the vibe that's going Vibe mm. said, I can't do that. Everyone, no one's doing yoga anymore. Uh, I think I could, but it's a fake. I'm I'm emitting that vibe, and that's all I can receive. And that's the definite law of, of attraction. 
in my way of thinking, which is a resolute law. It's a hundred percent has to be. Yeah, this is this is really really good because I can relate to this when I created my TEDx talk and the idea for it. I booked a trip to, uh, and I was living in Mexico at the time, to a beautiful location called Bacalar, which is two hours, three hours south of Tulum. And all I did was at that time, just open up, be present, be, just be really. And I allowed the ideas to come through. And then what the conversation that came through was exactly the conversation that you just shared with our listeners, where it's about you have to get into that resonance, that frequency, that higher frequency. And in that place, you're going to manifest the kind of life that you want. But a lot of people are caught up with self-doubt, with anxiety, with negative self-talk. And so I asked myself, how can I use the things that people deal with as a gateway to a higher vibration? And then I was like, oh, what if self-doubt is actually the best thing that ever happened to you? I was like, oh, that's a radical idea. And I shared it. And now over a million people over the world have seen it. So clearly people resonate with it. But it was through what you have described, that listening, that quieting down, that becoming into your center, and that understanding that the end point where we create the kind of life we want is in that high vibration. So... I love that. And I would love to hear a little bit more about what you think is, or, or actually for you personally, how do you, with all of this knowledge and at the same time, all of the projects that you're dealing with at any given moment, how do you find balance in all of that? That's the, the, the number one question in life, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm much better than others, okay? Mm. Um, and when I am at my most balanced, this is going to sound weird, okay? When I am at my most balanced and when I'm the most powerful, I'm completely selfish. Hmm. Interesting. And what I mean by that is the old uh, tale of taking care of the golden goose, making sure the golden yeah. goose is shiny because the golden goose, golden eggs, is going to provide for the kingdom. Yes. And if the, whatever you want, call me the goose or call me whatever, <laughs> if the leader, whatever, of a family, of a treehouse club, of a billion dollar company, whatever, isn't selfish enough to make their best version of themselves. Have your hairdresser come to your house to cut your hair. Have your manicure pedicure at your house. Have your masseuse come to your house. Have all your meals perfectly prepared by an expert. You make sure your personal trainer is waiting for you at the time. You have your yogi stretch you. It looks to the uneducated that you're a narcissist, that you're you're eccentric, you're it's blah 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 blah. In fact, you made yourself so powerful that you are so balanced. You're physically powerful. You had the time to do your 
meditation, your pranayama, you're fueling your body with the best uh, of what we have on planet Earth. You yeah. feel great. Then you go into battle in business, relationships, whatever, and your, your sword is as sharp as yeah. it can possibly be. And yeah. so what we call selfish ends up really being selfless because of your mission is to give and provide for many through that vehicle. And usually as entrepreneurs in startups, we do everything. I've done it. We all go through that. And there's a, t there's a time for it, no question about it. Mm -hmm. But when you learn the law of the architect, which is one of the law, the uh, precepts, let's call it, in what we do in Bellwether, the architect has to be free. She has to be available in the morning. She wakes up and it's, what do I want to do on my business? What is it that I want to achieve today? Not, I have to go do that. I have to do that. That's a problem. You're not the architect. You're, you're, you're a different level in your business. The architect and the Zen master, all of that. When I'm taking care of myself in a seemingly self selfish way, um, I can handle almost everything. Of course, there's unusual events that happen, but it's like a bank account. You keep putting money into your savings account. You can withdraw when you need to. You know, you have it there. Uh, but when we're when we're out of balance in any aspect of our life, our life is out of balance, bottom line. Yeah. So yeah. we try our best to know our formula, what we need to be at the maximum strength. And uh, I know what it should be. And I also know when I'm not giving that necessary effort or energy or time to that part of my life. I'm very aware, well aware when I'm off you know, when I'm off. Um, mm. But I do also know what is needed to recalibrate. Yeah. That's a very unique perspective and one I've never heard and I really love because you're saying essentially that for you, the key to balance is to put yourself first. And, you know, you said many people perceive that as selfish because you know, they're used to taking care of other people first. And that's what we're sort of being taught. But you're saying when you put yourself first, you get to nurture yourself, you get to fill yourself up, fill, fill up your cup. And from that, you can serve in the most powerful, powerful way possible, which then goes back to actually, that's a selfless act. It's not a narcissistic act. And I think one area in life where this becomes really, really clear is high performance sports. Like if you take American football or European soccer, like I take a Cristiano Ronaldo, the guy has a sleep coach. The guy has everything hand tailored, custom made for him to do one thing and one thing only play, play in his role on his wing and his role. Yes. And because he's so nurtured, he's one or if not the best in the world. And if you look at people like yourself, you are, operating at a constantly high level not just from a, a from an amount of the hours you put into things but also the amount of concentration 
the presence you bring to things, the kind of uh, quality that you're cultivating in your relationships. And that just requires you to put yourself first. And if you're not doing that, you can't succeed because you have no balance. And then you burn out. It, you know, 100%, Mario. It, you know, the simplest version is on the airplane, you know, if the oxygen mask comes out, put it on you first before you help others. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. simple and very simple, but that's still the thing. Um, and, and Dan, you know, our Dan Vega, our mutual friend, always says, look, if you really want to make a difference and you want to influence a lot of people, you have to be powerful. Yes. Right? You have to be whatever that is in whatever it is you're doing, you know, charity, nonprofit, profit, whatever. And that comes from power. And one thing that we have to know is the waste of time on things that should be done by others for you. And I went to mm. a time seminar, oh my, you know, 30 years ago, and she took me up on stage and I found out that me going to the dry cleaners cost me $1,800 because it what? took me 40 minutes of my time and I was making a certain amount of money. And that two yes. hours of me out of my work during that time cost $1,800. Mm. And how, and it doesn't stop at that capsule. Where was the energy that, that red light, the guy, that guy cut you off. Now you're, you know, a little aggravated. You didn't think of what you could have thought as a creator. It's so many. I'll tell you one thing. So I remember I was very busy. We had clubs all over the world. And I decided I'm going to take a month off. So <laughs> I'm on the beach in Thailand. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm Jewish. The Jewish guilt. Like, really? Been here for two weeks? <laughs> You know, this is, you know, your father would be turning over in his grave and like, and I just shut up for a minute, you know, and I came up with an idea. It bubbled up just because I was so relaxed, so in tune that I came up with the idea because we were charging everybody every month of uh, an investment for them to be at our clubs. Let's call it $100 a month, for, for instance. And I said, well, what if we did it every two weeks at $50? Four extra payments, because 52 weeks, 48, 12, right? 12 times four is 48. Now it's 52, four. We had 4 million members. Right? Mm, times $50. And it's easier to sell $50 than $100. We know quicker if that person isn't happy because they didn't pay. We talk to you right away instead of having to wait a month. There's no, that made tons of money. There's no way mm. I would have got it if I got cut off going to my dry cleaners or I went to the grocery store and they didn't have the avocados I wanted and whatever. Yeah. I can't do that. And that one idea, that's what I'm talking about. Maybe that's an extreme, but it bodes to what I'm talking about. 
take care of the golden goose, make sure that she has all the food she needs to lay the golden egg. That's your responsibility because nobody's going to do it. Ronaldo came up with that because he knew when he got to the stadium, he was the best version of he could be. He slept, he ate, he exercised, his relationships. I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger in Pumping Iron said, uh, if my mother called me today, he was a couple of months out of the Olympia, and said, your father died, um, I would say, well, I'm sorry for that, Mom, but I'm working for Mr. Olympia. I'm not coming home. I can't. I'm not. That's not who I am. I feel bad, mm. but I'm working on Mr. Olympia. Yeah. That's it. That's mm. it. That says it. Mm. Yeah. That's. I think that's a conversation around really becoming clear of who you are and who you want to be in the world and then asking yourself what is required and i've mm. i've seen that in yeah, my life as well where, where i often didn't put my own needs first and i would take actions to please other people and i wouldn't draw boundaries and oftentimes then i would be left feeling aggravated frustrated and I would try to work and my mind would go back there. I'm just like, you know, trying to resolve that thing. And, you know, you and I both know from the Bellwether uh, philosophy, the law of open cycles, right? I have taken the law of open cycles and I've made a split. One is to look at the kind of tasks that you are involved in that you shouldn't be involved in as an open cycle. And then the other one is in relationships, what is it that you are not addressing that should be addressed? What is it that you're not communicating that you want to communicate? Yeah. What are the kind of feelings that you're pushing aside that need to, you know, come up? And I feel, you know, I really think it's beautiful that you're talking so much about energy. One of the things that I really appreciate about you, Eric, is like if on the outside people don't know you, they just look at your life story on what you created the multi-million dollar deals that you are involved in in the fitness industry, one, at least I would never think, oh, this man is someone that really harnesses energy and focuses on balance. It would look like, you know, you're just go, hustle, hustle, hustle. But I really love that you are stepping out as a testimony to this other side of creating success that comes from a place of peace, that comes from a place of balance. And I am curious, what are some of the tools that are sort of in your go-to pocket? I know you spoke about meditation, but is there a specific type of meditation? And is there something maybe that you do sort of on an annual basis where you go and check out completely? And I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have on, a, on an ongoing basis that really helps you be the man that you are. Okay, well, I'll give you a formula, my type of formula. Um, yeah. And it involves meditation. Uh, I do a couple of different kinds. I do a yogic meditation. Uh, I was initiated into the Himalayan uh, Institute uh, of Himalayan Masters. And so I do a very, uh, a few variations of yoga meditation. I also do a Buddhist meditation uh, at a different chakra, which is two finger widths above my belly button, which is a very unusual power spot. 
many people know the center of your body. They know the third eye. But this is a very powerful one. It's two finger widths above your belly, but in the cross-section of your body is a is an ancient yeah. power spot. It's very powerful. I do that wow. one. And I also, when uh, I it when time doesn't permit a full, I like to do an hour to an hour and a half. If I can't, Dr. Joe Dispenza has a morning meditation, which I put on, which is only 30 minutes, 28 minutes. And it brings me up a few levels of positive energy. And it's a guided one, so it's a different in a different way. It's not a silence, but it does motivate. So I'll do that. Pranayama, which is yogic breath, very powerful. And it can be as little as five minutes to 15 to 30. Okay, depends on what mm. you want. Uh, and working out in the gym, I've... I have a few injuries that I'm working on, unfortunately. So I'm down to a very modified version, but I like to do, you know, a full hour with at least 20, 30 minutes of cardio in one way or another. Um, I go every year. I used to go multiple times every quarter to either a yogic retreat, a meditation retreat, Dr. Joe Dispenza. We go to my yogi's ashram in the Himalayan mountains we got married there, and those retreats are usually, if it's Joe Dispenza, it's a week, but if it's yogic, it's two weeks, because just getting to India, you know, and Thailand, um, I meet with the monks all the time, so those are special kind of awakenings every time, because you go there with the new you. And the new you is hearing different things because the universe can only give you what you're vibrating on. So before I was here, I learned a few things. I'm going to be able to attain some new knowledge that I couldn't, yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't hear last yes. time. It was there, but I didn't attune yes. to it. Now I can attune better. I hear it more. So mm. those are some of the things that I, that I hold very religious to me hmm. what would you say are some of the habits that you see a lot of entrepreneurs engage in where you would say stop doing that get rid of it that's well that's a that's enough you're asking some killer questions <laughs> i had a mentor his name was ray wilson he just passed away a year ago 95 and he would say that an entrepreneur always, but especially in the startup phase, can only have one obsession. One obsession. Not mm. one and a half. One. And that, you know, he would show me that he talked about another one of one of our group who was great at fitness, but also was very big in his church. Yeah. Well, he wasn't putting down the fact that he was, you know, dearly involved in the church. That wasn't his message. But he said he can't go as deep or as fast in either one because mm. the energy is splintered. And as an entrepreneur, you have to be obsessed 
with one way. Now, it different stages of your life, different stages of your business, whatever you're doing, it can evolve. But at the time when we call it covering your sardines, uh, having enough to take you out of cortisol, out of stress, <laughs> so you're able to breathe and, and receive, uh, yeah. you need to be obsessed. And I see through my own coaching, my, you know, I teach people that, you know, I see them on a million different chat lines and happy birthday and how are you? And that's a wonderful, and this is great and so beautiful. Not now, not now. Focus on your task in hand. Give compliments later. Talk, join that man group later. If that man group isn't gonna be part of that obsession where you're going, hold, put it aside for now. You're going this way, keep going this way. This is fragmented. You don't get there, like a magnifying glass. Get it as tight as you can and go that way. Stop, stop eating from a buffet table. Just one yeah. food, period. Yeah. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I see uh, that I could talk to an entrepreneur about. Yeah, so, 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 so true. And I see this all the time with people that are in the entrepreneurial space. They usually like, they like to be creative. They like to come up with new ideas. And I often call people out when I see that they're wavering and doing what you you explained. To me, that's some sort of a coping mechanism. Oh, there's a sense mm -hmm. of resistance that comes up me just focusing right only on my coaching business it's like oh it's not working out i'm not making clients it's like oh it's boring and it's like well is it really or are you afraid to continue because you think you might be actually hitting failure right and so what you're saying makes a lot of sense it's that developing that single-minded focus on this one thing in your life and getting it to a level of success where in bellwether language your dimes are taken care of where you are you know, just like you said out of cortisol area where you remove that stress because building anything from survival is almost impossible like it's this and there's no joy in that like what's the point mm -hmm. of being an entrepreneur and every day waking up and thinking oh my god i have to uh, you know what if i tomorrow i can't make it that, that that's too much like yes there are people that have made it through that but it doesn't have to be this way so I love that philosophy that you're bringing forward. And um, as we are almost at the end of the conversation, I'd like to you know, pass the mic one more time to you and ask you two questions. One is, what is the message that you would like to share with a fellow entrepreneur that is looking at the kind of success that you have created in life, not just in your business, but also in your personal life as a human being, as an impact creator, that is aspiring to join you on those ranks, what is it that you would like to share as a parting message or advice or in, even invitation? Okay. Energy has no limit. And when you 
tap into the energy, you become limitless. When you find yourself doubting, it's because you've, you've miscalculated the energy. I believe that entrepreneurs should regularly check their self-image to make sure that it's open mm. on top of their head, that they're open to the energy, the, the unlimitedness of whatever it is they're doing, from a flower shop to creating a new medicine. It doesn't yeah. matter. It has to be limitless. And the joy comes from that because you yeah. flower with magic things that are not logical. Logic is just a very small part of life. And as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. go in it, jump, go 100%, and let the universe handle the details. Go mm -hmm. and enjoy and let it shower on you, you know, do everything you can and allow it to happen. Hmm. What a beautiful message. And here you can see that the man really practices what he preaches because right before he said that, he took a moment, he became quiet, took a breather and checked in and allowed it to come naturally. And that's why the message was so powerful and so beautiful. So Eric, thank you very much for being here on the show. I really enjoyed this conversation. And how can people connect with you if they want to find out more about what you're offering as a coach, as, a, as an advisor, or you know, maybe you want to explore other uh, business ventures with you? Sure. Uh, so my website, you just reach me at ericlevineglobal.com. Beautiful. Eric Levine at ericlevineglobal.com. And you can Beautiful. go on my website and uh, we can connect there. Or just my personal email is ericlevine55 at gmail.com. Either one of those two and we'll connect. And if there's something that we can do, let's do it. Amazing. Thank you very much, that. Mary. I enjoyed your great questions. Thank you. Beautiful. We co-created them in the space together. They arose out of the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be, be sure to add Eric's contact details in the show notes. Thank you for making the show possible. Thank you for joining us on this journey. I look forward to uh, serving you on the next episode of the Zenpreneur podcast. And with that, we are complete. Have a beautiful rest of your day.